Welcome to Thriller Coin Talk with Carr Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas via Simplecast and supported by listeners like you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Coin Talk. Today is May 20th, 2019. Good morning to you. How you doing? Well, I've been thinking a lot about central banking. <laughs> yeah, you would think, oh, Carr's probably thinking about Bitcoin. Uh, I am too, but central banking has, it's very interesting. You know, if somebody would have told me getting into Bitcoin meant that I have to understand how money really works, I wouldn't have believed them. I would have said, no, that's the point. I want to make more money. That's why I'm getting into Bitcoin. But it wasn't until I truly, really understood how central banking worked that I understand the actual value of that Bitcoin and why I did not want to part with it with fiat currency. I'm going to play a quick clip from the European Parliament. It's a, it's a debate, to say the least. And it's about how central banks have gone a little drunk. For the EFT, Mr. Bloom has two minutes. Uh, well, uh, Commissioner, um, Mr. President, uh, I rise again, I'm afraid, to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years, and that is, it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem... You have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rate, rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. Do you know almost all of U.S. dollars, about 90%, are purely abstract? They literally do not exist in any tangible form. That's according to James Sirwinski, reported in uh, 2012. Only about 10% of the U.S. money supply, about $1 trillion of that, roughly $10 trillion total, exists in the form of paper, cash, and coins. 
Of course, the number now appears to be about 1.5 trillion out of the 13 trillion, but eh, who's counting those? There is nothing stopping our banking system from creating more dollars whenever the mood strikes. Of the 13.7 trillion in the MT money supply as of October 2017, 13.5 trillion was created after 1959. Or to put it another way, MT has expanded by almost 50 times. But Bitcoin was created in part to address this historical weakness. After the 21 millionth Bitcoin is mined in around 2140, the system will produce no more. But some of the radical differences between cryptocurrencies and the US dollar, for example, the transactions conducted in the Bitcoin system are recorded on a ledger and relies not on the authority of banks or governments, but on the strength of a public computer network. And anyone is free to join, anyone is free to contribute, and the supply of Bitcoins is ultimately fixed. Now, money itself is an illusion, a mass hallucination. You're working hard to make it grow. You're working hard to keep it. You're working hard just to make it. But even so, the only real thing about it is its symbolic power, which, you know, from a certain angle could be perceived as power. Depends how you grew up, right? But Bitcoin was something that kind of broke me out of that. It truly sets you free. It's one of the main reasons these days that I've started to take a more cautious approach when it comes to fiat currency. Of course, I get paid like anybody in fiat currency, but I also get paid in Bitcoin sometimes too. And it's ultimately up to you how you're going to make that decision. How much you contribute to Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, how much you contribute to the US dollar or any other government-backed fiat currency. I do know one thing, though. Central banking is nearing its end. And it's not because of Bitcoin. It's not. It's not because of cryptocurrencies. It's not. It's not because we stop believing. It's not. It's because the people in power took advantage of a system and looked out for themselves and their families instead of looking out for everybody as a whole. And that's why Bitcoin will change the world. Take a listen to Andreas as he discusses monetary policy and why central banks are nearing its end. The bottom line is that money is this magical technology, and as long as it works, we don't need to know how it works, we don't concern ourselves with it, and we don't need to really worry about it too much. Because if we did, and we actually read about how money works, we'd be horrified. Surely that can't be true. They just make it out of thin air and distribute it to banks. They get to lend out money that didn't exist, and then charge us interest, and get richer and richer. No, come on, that's a scam. That's a pyramid scheme. The dollar works on a pyramid scheme? Tell me it isn't so. 
If we understood modern central banking, most of us would be horrified. So it's convenient that as long as it works, we don't really need to pay attention. Well, let me tell you something. In 2008, it broke, and we didn't fix what broke. In 2008, our economy broke, the worldwide economy broke, and central banking broke hard. And it hasn't been fixed. In the meantime, since then, the world has issued almost $100 trillion in debt, by some measure. All of which is money borrowed from your future retirement plans, from your future education plans, from your future health care plans, from the economy. Right? And that money isn't going to be paid back. It's not going to be paid back. And there's a very simple reason for that. Everyone's broke. <laughs> JP Morgan Chase is bankrupt. Citibank is bankrupt. Bank of America is bankrupt. Goldman Sachs is bankrupt. The United States government is bankrupt. Europe is bankrupt. The euro is bankrupt. Deutsche Bank is bankrupt. Japan is bankrupt. China is bankrupt. They're all bankrupt. They can play around with the books, hide some debt, make some bilateral agreements, shuffle shit around, pretend to bail out Greece, send the money and then backdoor it straight back to Deutsche Bank, find some other patsies, make it appear like nothing's happening. They're all bankrupt. And so at some point, there's going to be a reckoning. We never fixed anything that happened in 2008. What we did was destroy currency in order to preserve the illusion of economy. And that's going to come back and bite us. Now, you don't have to believe me. You don't have to think that this is going to be important in your life. And I really, really do hope it doesn't. But one of the reasons Bitcoin was created, and one of the reasons it's important, is because it is neutral, because it is independent, because no one can control it, because no one can change its issuance, because no one can create it out of thin air. It's ironic that when you see criticism of Bitcoin by mainstream economists, they say things like, it's not backed by anything. And really, the question you should be asking at that point, and the dollar is? Of course, the dollar is backed. But you really don't want to hear that story as to what it's backed by. Because then you have to learn some history about Henry Kissinger and the Saudis, and a little deal made in 1971. Some towers fell. Some Nasty things happen, and we've been at war for 18 years. But anyway, the dollar is backed by something. War. To protect oil. And Bitcoin is backed by an international community of geeks. The same geeks who brought you the internet. <laughs> 
So again, at some point, hopefully you never have to make this choice in your life, because you can always have the freedom to choose one currency versus another. But at some point, you might be forced to choose between the bankers who brought you the Great Depression and the geeks who brought you the Internet. And I hope you make the right choice. Yeah, it's really a no-brainer choice at that point. You know, usually when you start talking about this subject, most people will automatically scream, oh, this guy's a conspiracy theorist, or this guy is trying to uh, paint a certain kind of picture to the listener or the viewer. But it's literally happening in front of us. Um, Bloomberg just reported here in April that central bankers are hitting the pause button. Now, the Federal Reserve and fellow lending central banks are hitting the pause button when it comes to monetary policy. Faced with slowing global growth and inflation, policymakers are taking to the sidelines or even becoming dovish again because the Fed is signaling it won't hike interest rates for a while, if at all, and the European Central Bank is lining up fresh stimulus in the form of fresh bank loans. While the world economy may ultimately pick up by enough to prompt authorities to resume restrictive policies, chances are that for the major central banks, at least the peak for rates is near and may have already been reached. Rates markets already pricing in an even more dovish shift in monetary policy. Now, some economists are even saying that a sharper than expected slowdown in global growth in the first quarter and risks tilted to the downside meant it made sense for central banks to go into wait and see mode. Looking forward, we expect growth to regain a little momentum. The next challenge for monetary policymakers will be to nudge markets away from their extreme dovish expectations. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Now, it's real easy here to say, you know, to point fingers, point blame, but yeah, it's it's probably obvious that um, these certain bankers probably got dealt a problem, right, from a previous generation. Well, I think it's up to our generation, at least the millennial generation, to move away from that, to take the problems that the prior generation gave us and fix them. We know what the fix is for this. It's Bitcoin, it's cryptocurrencies, it's moving away from just printing out money from nowhere. We gotta be better than this. As a society, as a world, this is everybody's problem. It's not a blame game here. This is literally just trying to make sure we all live a very fruitful and amazing life. That's all we're trying to do here. So when people wave their fingers and say, oh, conspiracy theorists, you wave your finger back and say, no, I care more about this world. And I care more about this world for our children and their future children, which is why I care about where this is going. All right, with that, let's get into coin talk. That's right. Let's do it. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trade, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? This crypto dream. Only on Coin Top. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, it's time for Coin Talk. Before we jump into that, gotta real quick talk about a couple things. 
So if you don't know, season two is upon you. Next, yeah, next week will be our last week. I think we have like two or three episodes coming out and that's it. So after this episode, you'll see another two or three and that's it. Yeah, it's been a great season two. Um, we took in Thriller Podcast, so Crypto, everything. We're just taking it a step further. Uh, this year, I mean, we'll reflect later, uh, you know, probably in the next couple episodes, but um, it's been a really good year. Um, I've learned a lot more about cryptocurrencies. I hope you have too. We've learned a lot more about technology. I hope you have too. And we learned a lot more about how real money works. It's interesting. You try to go into something that's uh, completely different than what you're used to, and you come out the other side um, probably better for it. I think that's a quote from Eric Voorhees. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know if that is or not. But I will say it's been a great season two. It has. It has. And I'm excited for season three. And that's going to launch. That's right. July 4th. Our special uh, July 4th <laughs> crypto edition. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And um, it's going to be a whole new season of learning about all sorts of stuff, all sorts of technologies. Um, if you would ask me where we were going from season two, the start to where we're going now, uh, it was completely different than I thought. Uh, but uh, yeah, you learn, you grow, and uh, you get better, hopefully, right? And hopefully everybody else around you does too. I want to thank everybody who has subscribed to our new shows. If you don't know, last week we released a crypto newsletter of sorts. Uh, it's, it's designed to give the average listener what they want, what they need to stay in the know and stay ahead of the curve when it comes to their crypto investments. It literally is just three podcasts. Thriller Coin Talk, this one that you're listening to right now. Thriller Rundown, it's an exceptional show. And Thriller Insights. I think it's, uh, I should probably quote Dustin on this. He said it's uh, it's like the really coin talk on steroids. <laughs> but I want to thank everybody who subscribed. If you haven't subscribed yet, check the link in the show notes. Um, like I said, th these episodes that we have in our subscription is going to support this show. As you know, last year we got kicked off of Patreon. <laughs> Go figure. They don't like crypto shows. <laughs> Got kicked off. That's fine. Keep moving on. Keep working. Right. Head down. And uh, I think it was time to release something that I, I thought that I could manage and have more control over. And Substack has been an awesome partner with that. Um, I think I'm like one of the few people actually releasing podcasts through their new newsletter um, software. And um they look, they sound very pro crypto. I was talking to the CEO the other day and I told him I would really love to see you accept cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And he says, we'll look into that. So hopefully in the future. But right now, Substack looks to be the the home of Thriller Crypto and, uh, and the place where if you want to support us, that's where you're going to have to go. Um, yeah, it, it's all seamless. It's, it was all done. And People have been signing up, and I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, I, I literally, my wife saw the amount of pings that we're going through, and she was like, wow. <laughs> First time she said, wow. She's like, people actually 
want to hear more of you. She's like, you're recording all the time. And I was like, yeah, I do record all the time. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that I love. It's a passion of mine. And I love to share it with the world. And uh, she was just surprised. I was surprised as well, too. I, I was just overwhelmed with like, gosh, like this amount of work that I put in these past, you know, two and a half years, three years. And it's like finally gotten to a point now where we uh, release our own subscription and um, people actually find value in it. So it, it feels feels good. It feels good to feel to feel like you're being rewarded for all the hard work that you did, you know, all these years. But again, I want to thank everybody who listens. I want to thank every single one of you who tweets out at me or who's in our Telegram. I appreciate you. And don't worry if you can't if you can't subscribe. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. You don't need to subscribe to listen to us. We're still gonna still gonna do two shows a week for you. You know, it's gonna be fine. We'll still do our Thriller Crypto show, our main one, and then we'll do our Thriller News. You'll still get those. You'll you'll still know what's going on with Car. <laughs> you just won't get the additional three that our subscription provides. That's it. Just three, three extra episodes. It's a total of five episodes a week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. But the thing I noticed, though, was when I have accountability on me, I just work far more better. <laughs> Something about being accountable to people just makes you work far harder and just far more better. And I think having this accountability makes me feel like I'm going to work that as hard, twice as hard, and um, just work better. All right. With that, let's get into coin talk, baby. This is going to be the last time we talk about coins in season two. Uh, I'm going to make a couple crazy predictions. Seriously, I am. You're going to be like, oh, car, here he goes again. But it's OK. It's OK, because we got a disclaimer. Got a disclaimer, bro. Got a display disclaimer, sis. Sister, we got a disclaimer. We have a disclaimer that's going to save us from everything. I hope. <laughs> Roll the disclaimer. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk. Let's do it. We got a total market cap of 247 billion. That's right. Got Bitcoin at $7,967, up 3%. Got Ethereum at 251, up 1%. Got XRP at 40 cents, up 3%. Bitcoin Cash making a surge, <laughs> $405, up 6%. And EOS, $6.32, up 2%. Okay. So I want to talk about something here. I'm going to give you two scenarios. This is where it's going to go, right? You want to know what I'm thinking? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm literally waiting for this ETF on Monday or Tuesday. I am. This is where, I mean, to be honest with you, if you weren't collecting Bitcoin um, during this whole bear market, that's okay. That's fine. I'm not going to be one of those like those other people that says, oh, you're dumb. You should have done it. What were you thinking? No, that's fine. Everybody has their own situation, right? But if you're slowly accumulating five dollars here, ten dollars there, man, it's looking pretty good now because you're getting double. You've gained double what it's worth now, right? You got two X already. But 
I'm waiting for this ETF on Monday or Tuesday. Waiting to see what they say. If it gets approved, I think we're going to see Bitcoin soar past 10K. I really do. And I think that's a safe bet. If it gets denied, I think we're going to see Bitcoin maybe fall down a couple pegs, maybe 62, maybe 72. Who knows? I just know it'll go down. Maybe it won't go down like crash, but it definitely will go down. I don't think it'll go back down to, well, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know. Here, let me rephrase this. I think a Bitcoin ETF, the VanEck ETF, the one that everybody believes, even me believes that it's going to go through first. If it gets denied, it's going to be bad. We're going to go down a couple pegs. I don't think we'll get anywhere near $1,200 Bitcoin or $2,200 Bitcoin or... I mean, I hope $3,200 Bitcoin, but I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe like 62 or 7, whatever, right? 72, maybe. But if it gets denied, then it gets denied. But if it gets approved, well, then we're going to see it soar. We're going to see it soar over 10K. Because at that point, it's game on. It's game on. It's game on. So that's two scenarios for you. If it gets delayed, I think we'll still see a drop, but I don't think that a drop will come till till later, till about June. I really do, really think so. I think if it gets delayed, maybe we'll even see a drop, 72 maybe, you know, knowing the market the way it is. I feel like whenever there's something like, like that that gets delayed that everybody's kind of looking at right now in the space, it, I could see that, you know, not negative sentiment, but some kind of sentiment, right? I could see that pushing the price a little bit down. But if it gets denied, then yeah, it's, we're going to go down a couple of pegs for sure. But if it gets approved, <laughs> I know I keep saying this, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to go up. It's going to go up over 10K. So I'm literally waiting for that to kind of shake out. That's what I'm waiting for here in the short term. I will tell you this. If it gets approved, then gosh, alt season is back in. It's back in, baby. It's back in. And if alt season's back in, these are the ones I'm looking at to get 2x, 3x return in the next, like, I don't know, maybe three, four months. And I'm going to tell you them right now. A lot of people are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to tell you why I'm picking this one. It's Verge. I've been watching old Vergy. I've been watching Verge. You know me. I'm a sucker for Verge. It was under one-tenth, or actually one penny. Literally, it was, it was like nine-tenths of a cent or eight-tenths of a cent here like a week ago. Of course, it's it's surged up over a penny now. And Verge is one of those cryptocurrencies that when mass hysteria circles around it, and it's usually during all season, Verge will climb 2x, 3x, 4x. Right now, it, it being a penny, I know Verge can soar up to 12 cents just like that. I know it, I know it could soar up to 6 cents, 4 cents just like that. And it's up 13% on the day. It's not surprising. It's not because of a thriller effect or anything like that. I don't think I have that kind of push anymore. But I do know Verge will get you 2x, 3x here in the next three, four months. I do know that. Because I've done it. We've done it. We've done it during all season. Another one that I'm looking at here, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, car, you're going real low, real, real low. Yeah, I am. But I, I know these are the coins I know. You know, these are the coins I know. That I've made money off of. Another one is Funfair. It's down 5% on the day. It's at six tenths of a cent. I know Funfair can get to two cents. I know it can. I know it can get to four cents. I know during an alt season, it can get there. 
Right now at six tenths of a cent, I know Funfair can get me there to two X if I wanted to. I know it can. I've done it. We've done it in the past, right? These are the ones that we know during all season will rise. They always do. They always do. Another one that I'm looking at here in the very, very, very sh short term is status. Right now it's down 2%. I, man, I don't know if you remember, but when status came out with their whole, um, you know, I think it was like their, well, they had their messenger app, but they had like some kind of like, gosh, I don't remember. It's just so much news I look at all the time. But they came out with a device earlier this year uh, and status soared up to was like four cents, four or five cents. And I had bought it at like one cent or 1.8 cents. And it, I got three X, went ahead and moved it over to Bitcoin after that, after I made profit. Because that's all I'm doing with these halts. I'm buying a little bit. I'm not buying a lot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not buying a lot. I'm only buying enough that I'm willing to lose. Seriously, when it comes to trading alts, that's the approach you got to take. You, you got to take the approach of focusing on how much are you willing to lose? Like me, for example, I'll buy $50 worth of status because I'm comfortable losing $50 of fiat currency because I know that's like, you know, hanging out one night or just spending it on whatever. Right. But I know I can throw $50 at status. And if it gets to where I think it can, which is four or five cents here in the next three months, then I can make, you know, $200, $300 off that 50 bucks, right? And same thing with Verge. I'll throw $50 on it, $100 maybe, who knows? And then I know I can get four or $500 here in the short term. And that's all trading on is. It's trading your fiat money with how much you're willing to lose. Seriously, it's very risky, high reward, and almost kind of gambling. It really is. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for somebody who, who wants to um, keep looking at their block folio. But uh, somebody like me who's been in this space a while, I kind of know these coins at, the, at this point already. I know how their community are. I know these communities. I know what makes Verge community tick. <laughs> and it's always some kind of new implementation built into their new wallets or something. Of course, that's what's going on right now. It's up 15%. Easy call, right? Because the Verge community usually rockets when stuff like that happens. That's just how the community is. Same thing with Funfair, right? Status right now, I think that's a really good buy at this price. Seriously. Another one that I've been kind of eyeing for some time, but I just don't know enough about is Engine Coin. Just eyeing it from afar, like a creeper. <laughs> not, not ready to pounce on it just yet. But... Another one I'll tell you about here in the short term is 0x. I know, I know, I know. I own a big bag of 0x, but it's it's not because of why you might think. I looked at the project. I looked at everything. We've done an uh, um, inside protocol on it. Go check that out. It's actually really good. And um, I think this particular alt will, will get you some return. Right now it's at 32 cents. I think it's a little too high still. I think I'm, I'm gonna wait till it gets to 28 cents, 29 cents. Just, we'll see, it's down 3% on the day. But it always makes these swings from like 28 cents to like 36 cents or 29 cents to like 37 cents. It makes these swings really quickly. And I think here in the short term, I think zero X will give you, you know, if you play it like seven days, I think, I think you can make some money off of it. Not much, but some, right? 
uh, I think ultimately trying to get it to over a dollar again is probably where I would like to see it. But here in the short term, trade away. Another one that I'm looking at is Oh My's Go. Yeah, <laughs> Oh My's Go. It's one of those where when we looked at it at that time, they really didn't have a lot going for them. They really didn't. It was just mainly a paper and a lot of promises. They've come to stuff, start rolling stuff out. They've actually kind of built out their team to actually be kind of competent in this space. And they've gained at least the respect for me at this point. They did it two years ago when we reviewed them. But it's currently down 4, 4% on the day at $2. I'd probably wait till it gets underneath $2. But that's one I know here when we get into this, this little alt season, if if we diverge into it. Because remember I told you, it depends on the CTF. If it gets denied, we're going down. <laughs> if it gets delayed, we're still going down, but not so much. If it gets approved, alt season commences early. But yeah, Omice goes is one of them. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I think, oh, obviously, Ethereum Classic. I'm long on that. So that's definitely not short term. I'm long Ethereum Classic. And I've told you the reasons why in the past. DCG mainly. But uh, I, I want to see what this turns into. Ultimately, if, if you really want to know the basic reason why I'm into Ethereum Classic, it's because it's a hedge against Ethereum. You know? I hold a lot of Ethereum. If Ethereum gets to a place to where this delegated proof of stake doesn't work out for them, developers will have a fallback and that'll be Ethereum Classic, proof of work. That's that's just ones and zeros. That's just, to me, that makes sense, right? From a technology perspective. And that's why I'm long on Ethereum Classic. It's, it's more just a hedge on my Ethereum that I hold, just in case. Do I hope it gets to $30 here in the next, you know, big run? Yeah, absolutely, that'd be awesome. Um, but um, what am I really waiting for? I'm waiting for it to get to $300, honestly, because I think it can get there in the next year or two. Right now, it's at $7.55. But these are those are long plays, right? Those are long plays. Cardano, of course, it's always a long play for me. Another one I've been kind of looking at again, and it's kind of sad, it's Tron. I've come to realize that their ecosystem is mainly made of games. <laughs> Maybe a second look, but... They're making a lot of noise, man. Freaking Justin Sun. And then obviously there's Bitcoin. I think you shouldn't play the alts. You shouldn't play any of the stuff I just mentioned if you don't have enough Bitcoin. And that's just because I'm just giving you solid advice there. In the early days of my third podcast history, <laughs> I was all looking into the alts. I had a Bitcoin, Bitcoin stack, but it wasn't as big as it is now, you know? But I, I, I really wish I would have took the time to understand Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other top tier currencies, right? Before I would have jumped into the alt head first. I think if you're new and if you're somebody who's barely getting into the space, don't look at the alts. Don't look at any of that. Just look at Bitcoin, look at Ethereum, maybe any of these other top 10, whichever one you want to look at. But stick to those, mainly Bitcoin, stick to Bitcoin, right? But I think until you made enough stack of Bitcoin, you shouldn't be trading alts. You should be accumulating Bitcoin. Accumulate the Bitcoin until you feel like you've gotten to a certain point where there's no more to accumulate or not just because you got bored with it. Everybody gets bored with Bitcoin at a certain point, but it's just because you feel like, okay, I feel like I got enough. Next run, we get 200,000. I feel like I'll have, you know, 
however much amount, right? But I will say, though, once you've done that, once you have done that, once you've succeeded in that, because that's hard. Accumulation is hard, especially if you don't make that much or if you're working on a shoestring budget, right? It can be hard. But uh, once you've done that, trade the alts. The alts are there for a reason. It's to accumulate more Bitcoin. Sometimes it's to, because you really believe in the project and sometimes they will make a difference. But on this next run here in the short term, when I'm talking short term, like six months to a year, you want to accumulate more Bitcoin. You definitely want to accumulate more Bitcoin. This is the time you should be accumulating Bitcoin. And um, some of the picks I gave you are to help you accumulate more Bitcoin because you're going to trade it back into Bitcoin, right? And again, this is not financial advice. This is just me giving you just what my approach is. These are the approaches that I always take. This, this is how I do things now. I, I wouldn't have been trading alts. If you remember when the whole market was tanking, I wasn't trading alts. I wasn't buying any alts whatsoever. All I was buying was Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, and that was it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Maybe a little stellar here. That's it. Mainly those three. Right? And I'm glad I did that. Because now it really turned out really well for me. <laughs> you know? It turned out really well. Buying $80 Ethereum turned out really well when it's $250 now. Buying $32, $2,800 Bitcoin when it's $8,000 now, right? It turned out really well. That, that worked for me. And I think now if we get into this alt season, it just depends on the CTF, I think, in my opinion, in my professional opinion. <laughs> Not a professional, but you know what I mean. In, in my opinion, I think if, if we get into this, the CTF gets punched in, we get approved, I think we're going to alt season. But if it doesn't get punched in, we're going down a couple pegs. And then we'll have to wait, I think, until, until August, July, somewhere around there before we'll start seeing Bitcoin over 10K. Or maybe the back news in July will help. Who knows? But I do know. Just got to keep an eye out for it. But be careful out there. <laughs> alts, will, alts will wreck you if you're not, if you get too greedy, right? It's just the truth. It's just the truth. In my early days, I used to get wrecked all the time. It was a part of just the process. But be better than me. Be way better than me. If you're going to trade alts, be careful. Only, 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 only spend with what you can lose. Seriously. That's always been my advice here. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to buy some of these alts and then pull like a thousand dollars in it or something or two thousand or three thousand dollars. And then you don't want to do that. And then it tanked down 50 percent. You don't want to do that. You want to make these small little, you know, twenty five, fifty dollar, hundred dollar swings, you know, see where it goes. But at the end of the day, you got to make your own decision. I've given you my approach here for alt season. If it, if it does come into fruition. But um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this whole space evolves here in the short term. And I'm looking forward to Monday and Tuesday and we'll be documenting it here on our new shows. So look for us to talk about it here soon, whether whichever way it goes. And we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on with the markets, right? Okay, with that, let's get on to the end of the show.
Dunsies, thank you so much for listening this season. This is going to be your last episode of uh, season two of Thriller Coin Talk, but I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, this space will take you places. It really will. Sometimes you'll be looking up and everything's great. Like, so you know you're looking down and everything's bad. You know, we're going to have one of those weeks this week, I think, here with ETF. I have to wait and see. Buy Bitcoin. Save the world. See you next time. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with R. Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast.
podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto, and not Carr. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time.